Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here, managing editor of Fightful.com and FightfulSelect.com. Of course, you know FightfulWrestling.com is where you get all of your pro wrestling scoops. We have plenty tonight. We reported the uh, tag title match that was announced. We reported Paul Heyman coming back just before the show. Give us a shot. Love us. Embrace us. Suffer with us at times. FightfulSelect.com, we have a new show over there, the NXT 205 Live Review with Mr. Warren Hayes, who joins me on Retro Reviews. As I announced today, upcoming Retro Reviews for August, SummerSlam 92, topical tonight for a certain reason. And uh, you'll get early access to it on Fightful Select, but I will release it for free. TNA Unbreakable 2005 Retro Review is going to be coming next month. With one of my favorite matches of all time, I'm going to see if it holds up. But for now, you're here on Fightful.com. And I'm with Alex Palowski. Alex, hi, how are you? You know, well, I've just accepted that all life is pointless and nothing matters. Come on now, that opening match kicked ass. The opening match did kick ass, but it, 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 uh, it led us to a thing that was... Uh, and entirely a foregone conclusion, as is next week's match. Um, the only possibility is something that I'll talk in, uh, get into later, but they're not going to do that. So we just have to sit back and wait for Brock versus Roman number 12, or however long it's been at SummerSlam. Hooray! You mean Brock versus, yeah. yeah, yeah yep. Okay, you're right. We start out with an image honoring Masa Saito. He's very influential, especially to uh, Brock Lesnar, for one. Brock Lesnar, at the Beast in the East show a couple years ago, uh, they got him to work that show. He was going to see Masa Saito anyway. Yeah. And Brad Reagans, and they, they, they went and saw him, and he worked the show, and he is very highly regarded in wrestling. Uh, very nice, or uh, very good of WWE to honor him. Also a former tag champion, so a little-known fact to some. Kurt Angle starts out the show, thanks to the wrestlers at Extreme Rules, and says that he is stripping Brock Lesnar of the WWE Universal Championship. But Paul Heyman interrupts, says that Brock Lesnar is not there tonight, but keeps cutting Angle off every time Angle tries to strip him of the title. Well, this was a fair use of of one Paul Heyman. Uh, We reported on Fightful.com last week, which ruffled some feathers to say the least that 
Paul Heyman helped write a mat or write a segment between Roman and Bobby Lashley. And I was told later in the week that Paul Heyman worked with Goldberg as he was setting up his program for Brock Lesnar and any work that he did would be similar to that. So if you read that report, you read the Fightful Wrestling Weekly, check it out, you guys. PWU does an awesome job covering that every week. Subscribe to them. You, you kind of heard that. You could kind of see the writing on the wall tonight. Before we get into that, what do you think of Heyman here? I mean, it's it's fine. It was a, there, there was a loophole to begin with from this whole thing where Kurt was like, either he can show up tomorrow or he can agree to his next match or I'm going to strip him. So as soon as Heyman shows up... And then Billy Prickett from Dukes of Hazard 2005 says, wait a second, yeah. you stripping? Uh, <laughs> um, uh, when Heyman shows up, it's uh, the, the obvious thing is, I'm here to tell you when my client is going to appear next and therefore not be stripped. Uh, I don't think anybody believed Brock was going to show up. But this was the thing we were we were hoping for. This is fine. Uh, I, I did like the fact that, uh, and I wonder if anybody in the backstage is realizing that the crowd was all uh, cheering for the possibility of Brock being stripped of the title and even chanting, strip the title. To me, uh, what that indicates <laughs> is that they don't give a shit if they ever see him again. Yep. Now, to the WWE, I know what they think, or at least what, the one guy thinks, yep. because I've been told this, oh, that's good. They hate him. No. They just want to see the goddamn title on the show at this point. <laughs> that's yeah, no, it. Yeah, this is um, this is a thing where I, th- I think we were all kind of waiting. We were all kind of ready for it at Mania. Like, yeah, okay, we don't want to see Roman have it, but at least it'll be on the show every week. And then Roman will eventually lose it to somebody. You know, like that was that was the idea of Brock can't lose it if he's never on the show. It never appears if they're keeping him strong for no reason. And, then, and that's the thing. Heyman said he wants to take the Universal Championship into his fight with Daniel Cormier, <laughs> defend it, and be a two-sport champion yeah. like you, Kurt. The yeah. only thing is, Kurt could not defend his gold medals after right. <laughs> three and a half, four years later. Yeah. He didn't show up. What, what was it? Sydney in 2000? No, he did he not. He didn't show up at Sydney in 2000 no. to defend those. No. Although um, if he did, it would be more often than Brock Lesnar shows up here. Yeah. Um, uh, I love the uh, when, when, when Heyman says he wants to walk into the UFC heavyweight title fight wearing the universal title and represent the WWE. I was thinking, I was thinking to myself, yeah, I can think of at least one other person who wants that. I think of one other person who would really love that, but only if Brock beats Daniel Cormier. If oh, he then I mean, loses Daniel, to him. I can think of two because Daniel Cormier would love that. That's, because that's also here's true. the thing. Yeah. Daniel Cormier gets it, and Daniel Cormier would buy a goddamn Universal Championship replica <laughs> and wear it around. You know why? He's retiring in March and doesn't give a shit. That's so true. That's why when a lot of people said, oh, well, they, they staged the, the Brock DC thing. You don't have to stage anything with DC, man. He gets it. So you have a Universal Champion who has held the title for 471 days. He will cross the... The threshold, the 500-day threshold. Your thoughts, Alex? I mean, I don't, I don't count it because he's not 
he's not doing any. He's like he's doing it. You know, he like defends the, the title on average. I think it'll be. I think he will have defended it ten times, including live events, mind you, including live events. I certainly do not count live events because there's no possibility of him d- losing the title there. Diesel won the title at a live event. Uh, <clears throat> yes, that's Come true. On. And 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 Samoa Joe beat Finn Balor for the title. I think uh, at a live event, so it's possible, but not with Brock Lesnar. It ain't. Um, so uh, yeah, no, he. There have been a few. There have been several legitimate shots that he had to lose the title. Uh, he was either um, in service of building him up as an unbeatable foe for Roman Reigns, so that Roman Roman Reigns wins, it's an even bigger accomplishment, or it was against Roman Reigns. Those are the only two options that we had. I guess there was, the Goldberg, there was the Goldberg thing, but that was him winning the title. Like he won yeah. the title from Goldberg, and since then, it's been a completely different thing. Do you know the last champion to hold the title for over 500 days? <laughs> I don't. He's back. Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan was the last one. <sighs> well, that's... the WWE Championship for 1,474 <laughs> days. Uh, that's, that's somehow fitting, isn't it? Yes, it is. So... <laughs> Kurt Angle isn't buying it. Brock Lesnar will defend the Universal title at SummerSlam. Ye olden Lashley of Robert comes out. He is joined by Drew McIntyre, who didn't get a big pop. Didn't get a big reaction, but Seth Rollins did. Elias did. Balor kind of did. And Roman Reigns got a reaction. They all follow, including Reigns, because, you know, he's so noble. He's so noble, Alex. Yep. He doesn't have any excuses. Nope. He just wants to fight. And I damn sure don't give a damn about Brock Lesnar. I oh, really? am not even out here for any of these reasons. Really? He's been bitching about him on TV for three months. I know. I love it. Um, and then here's what, I hear, here's what I love about Roman Reigns. He's so noble. He doesn't even ask to be put in the title match. And yet he is given that shot anyway. Because that endears him to us. Like how they, they keep doing that. He's like, I don't even want this title shot. Remember that when he lost at mania and then he was like surprised he was getting another title shot, the greatest Royal rumble. Like, I don't even want this title shot, but I guess like, no, I don't. Why is that a characteristic of you? You know what I mean? Like uh, later, later we find we like Brock Baron Corbin's like, uh, why are you giving Finn battle, uh, Finn, Finn Balor a shot, a shot? Well, he beat you. You lost last night. Well, so did two of the people who were in these three triple threat matches. So last night doesn't matter because Seth lost and Roman lost clean as a sheet. Neither one of those guys should be in this six-person challenge. There's also a giant dude carrying around a guaranteed title shot who should be in somewhere involved in this, but nah, we're not going to do that. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. So Constable Corbin is pissy that he didn't have the opportunity, to which Kurt Angle says, yeah, but you lost to Balor last night. Exactly. <laughs> Woo! Top Contenders Tournament, the first match. Roman Reigns defeated Finn Balor, Drew McIntyre. This match was awesome. This was incredible. Drew throwing some bitches around, and by that I mean pretty much just Reigns. Yeah. Tossing him, chucking him. Balor has some new silver gear, not something you see a lot of. He hits a nice Tope Con Hilo that both guys uh, get hit hard with. Drew McIntyre then flies over one with his own, and I thought Michael Cole sold this great. Yeah. He sold this 
like Drew McIntyre jumped off the top of the arena. He did a great job with this one. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, it was it was objectively impressive. I mean, it was perfect form. He he he. You know, I mean, this is the other the the thing where you either have people who say, "Wow, I really respect his athleticism. That's amazing," or "Dude, you're a big guy. Don't be doing cruiserweight stuff." It doesn't it like just just hit, throw people around. Be that guy. Like I kind of like my guys well rounded. I don't want them to do that every match, but here it really showed me something. And I mean, I I like Drew, and I I, I want him to be. This is the spot. This is the lowest of the spots he should be for a while. Is top six guys involved looking for a shot at the at the top championship. Like that's where he belongs and above. I really like him, and I'm I'm glad this match showcased a lot of his stuff. His good stuff. Andrew Thompson, one of our one of our top writers on Fightful.com, was talking to me during this, and he said I was kind of hoping he would save that spot for like one of his mega matches this year. And I said that might be it, and yeah. you never know with the way that you know, you never, books you really never that know. might be it. Balor kind of softly pushes Drew into the the ring steps. I didn't think it looked that great, but gets the coup de gras on Reigns. Crowd is behind Balor. Drew cracks him with a chair. We come back to see Balor wearing out Drew with the chair. Triple threat rules. Why the hell not? But I'm wondering if it's triple threat rules and it's no DQ. Why isn't Ziggler helping out his boy? Well, later in the night, Drew wasn't there for Dolph's match. But I guess it's because he lost this match. But like the the idea being that, oh, well, we can be together sometimes and not other times. Like we're not joined at the hip, which I actually kind of like. Like, we watched their backs, but we're also heels, so we don't have to all the time. accusing Drew and Dolph of being friends with benefits? I mean, technically. There you go. Rain spears Drew through the barricade, walks into a sling blade outside, though. Reigns hits a big Superman punch that had the crowd hooked as the finish. Balor gets another coup de gras on Reigns, but Drew McIntyre stops the pin. There's a Superman punch party. And then McIntyre connects with a Claymore to Balor, even though he was aiming for Reigns. Spear to Balor from Reigns, and he wins. WWE still finds a way for Reigns, but this would have been the match of the night by a country mile at Extreme Rules. This was a phenomenal match. This was one of my favorite Raw matches, not just of the year, of the last couple of years. This was a really, really great match. Yeah, uh, I really liked it. Um, Balor and Roman have really good chemistry together. Roman Roman is able to sell for Balor stuff, even though, <laughs> I mean, it's a stupid stupid talking point at this point. But he's got a damn chest protector, and so much <laughs> so much of Balor stuff involves stomping on chests or front drop kicks to chests. You know, like almost all of his high impact moves are intended to damage the sternum or the rib cage, and yet. Roman Reigns has a perfect, uh, uh, like, perfect protection against that. Whatever. Uh, uh, again, as I said, I love Drew in this. It was a very good match. But going into this match, I, I already knew we were going to. In my head, it was already it was a foregone conclusion. We're going. This means we're going to get when they set up the two triple threats, and Roman and Bobby weren't in the same match together. I knew we were getting Roman versus Bobby in a rematch from last night, next week. And then the winner of that goes on to face Brock. Now, it's still possible that we might get a swerve next week, but I'm not betting on it. I think this is all set up to say, 
hey, Roman atones for his loss at Extreme Rules and moves on to face the, you know, and we just have to sit back and take it. Hooray. Up next, Dolph Ziggler cuts a promo, says he puts the Roth, put the roster on his back, which is the first time the Intercontinental title headline a pay-per-view in 17 years. To expand on this, the last time an Intercontinental title match headlined a show where the WWE title and the tag titles also weren't being defended in like this big giant match was SummerSlam 92. So he could have said in a singles match the first in 26 years. Yeah. And that is outstanding because I was like in my mind, I thought, oh, I'm sure that one of the times that Triple H had it or one of the times that Roman Reigns had it. But you all would be shocked to learn that back when Triple H was holding the Intercontinental title, usually the world title was being defended on this show. Any number of world titles were being defended on that show. Bobby Roode comes out. Yay. They found the one person that gave a shit in the crowd, though. They sure did. (laughs) She was screaming like it was 2016, man. It's Buffalo. He's from, like, the Toronto area. She's probably, you know, like, he's a local guy, basically. It might be. I bet we could find her screaming along, cheering (laughs) along on Jimmy Van's match archives from 2001, (laughs) which features a bleach blonde, short-haired Bobby Roode with our commentary over top of it. Subscribe now. You know, I watched this match last year three times on SmackDown and pay-per-views, and I didn't care then. That's when Bobby was fresh. You know, Ziggler hits a nice drop kick. Uh, No matter how good of a match these two have, Right now, I don't care about Bobby Roode. Nope. Bobby Roode's strengths, and this is, he's got a great physique, all that. He's, his work isn't offensive, but to me, the most value he has is screaming money and screaming glorious in this setting, in this setting. Yeah. Because, man, I think he is one hell of a tag team wrestler. Mm-hmm. But given the cast around him, I think it's going to be really – it already is really hard for him to stand out as a singles wrestler. Yeah. The Ziggler super kick misses by a mile. He gets – and that being said, this match was way better than I expected. I thought this match was as good as the main event. I just didn't care about it. Well, it also – I'm pretty sure it's better than any of the matches they had during their SmackDown feud. Without a doubt. It was a good match. But that's the that's the whole thing. Is like – I mean, Bobby Roode is just – He's cold boogers on a paper plate. Like, God ah, damn. That's what he is. Like, I don't, I have these, I, I don't, I don't care. Unless you can throw away the paper plate. Yeah, it's true. You just can't throw him away. They're afraid. I had a wrestler, I had a wrestler telling me, uh, talking to me about the Hulk Hogan thing. And they said, I can't believe WWE is trying to fool people into thinking he doesn't have a deal. They're trying to get every game changer under contract and told me that the Bucks and Omega are going to be a priority. Whether or not they get them, I don't know. But if Rude wasn't here, he would be doing something at Impact Wrestling and you sure. or Ring of Honor maybe, and WWE would be like, well, we need him because he's doing something. Yep. Weird. What do you have yeah. that's rattling over there? Because, man... It's distracting. Sorry about that. I will stop fidgeting. Stop fidgeting. Yeah. Um. The thing. The thing I have with with Bobby Roode is that he doesn't do anything spectacularly 
well. Like, I, I think he's actually very good as a talker, as a heel. I think that persona works really well as a character, as a heel. It, does. it doesn't work as a baby face. Um, and nothing he does in the ring makes me go, wow, that was great. Like even there are people who are who are you know they're ground based and they're not really all that powerful, but they do something in the ring where I'm like, damn, that was that's that's good. Every time he hits that that particular move, I always go, that's great. I don't I don't see any of that from Bobby Roode. And at this point, he's just such an also ran. He's such an also ran that he loses this match and gets clowned immediately backstage by Mojo Rawley. Let's go that's ahead and talk about that. He says he that wasn't glorious, and then that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Tyler Breeze is in singles action against Mojo Rawley. He whiffs on a slingshot outside, and then Mojo kills him. Then there's a rest spot that this match does not need. Does not need. Breeze kicks Mojo. Then you get the athletic stuff. He jumps from the floor to the apron. How does he? It's 30 inches. How does he do it? And then he jumps over the top rope. Over it. Wow. Into the into the ring from the apron, so much jumping. But he weighs a lot more than Tyler Breeze. He does. How can he do that? That's something that Tyler Breeze, a cruiserweight, would do. That's raw athleticism. Damn. <laughs> pounce, uh, running punch, Alabama slam. I, you know what? At least the pounce, the running punch, and the Alabama slam look good. This is one of those matches that exemplifies on my rating scale a 5 out of 10, slides up or down. Nothing offensive about this match, but it didn't do anything to budge the scale. No. Um, it's interesting. Like, it's, this is, it's not quite at this low level. But remember when they were pushing Bo Dallas, like, uh, like over a year ago, when he came out with say, the you sign? You mean now? No, no, no. When he was coming out with, he was the heel Bo Dallas. Where he came up with a sign and he was reading poetry slams. No, oh, yeah. And the whole reason they were pushing him was so he could face the Chinese guy in Shanghai. And then he would like seem formidable, and then he would lose the Chinese guy. Tian Bing, I think. Yeah, um, I remember that shit. Uh and then after that loss, that. after that loss, he went away forever. <laughs> the fun, this, funny. <laughs> this feels yeah. like that. I don't know who they're pushing him for so he could lose to that person and go away. But it feels a lot like that. It's a push of a, of a lower card guy seemingly out of nowhere. Um, I don't, I don't, I'm not offended by Mojo Raleigh anymore. I used to be kind of offended by him now. He's fine, but beating up no way. Jose kicking Chad Gable's ass on main event makes me kind of upset, but it's because I'm a Chad Gable guy. And beating up Tyler Breeze, I mean, it makes me hate the guy, which I'm supposed to. So, good? But where does this go, you know? I guess we'll find out with Bobby Roode, apparently. Yeah. Are you in the mood mood for a rude Raleigh feud? Because I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Michael Cole's using that. Here's a funny story. You brought up Chine Bing or whatever the hell yeah, it is. Yeah. His original name is Ben Wong. And during the early days of Fightful, I don't know, Jimmy didn't understand the chemistry between myself and Vince Russo, but yeah. we would bust each other's balls a lot. And he thought <laughs> he thought Vince was unmotivated, which he probably was. So Jimmy started to feed me sarcastic questions just to get a rise out of him. And Jimmy goes, 
ask him what he thinks of Ben Wong getting signed to WWE. Um, Vince was like, when the fuck is Ben Wong? (laughs) He's like, didn't he have that song in the 80s? And I was like, that's Wang Chung. But, you know, that's par for the course for him. Yep. Sasha Banks and Bailey versus Alicia Fox and Dana Brooks. Dana Brooke. Also, Alicia. Remember that? That was fun. It was. <laughs> I don't know who won this match. There was no announcement. Well, I mean, I'm assuming it was a double count out, right? Maybe. I don't know. I think. No announcement. Um, no, but, it was no announcement. But, I mean, we got to talk about how earlier... In we the are, night. damn it. I'm prefacing the thing. Okay, I wrote good, it all good, together. Good, 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 good. Bailey's backstage with Kurt Angle. Sasha is holed up in her locker room, he says. Bailey's not happy about that. Kurt Angle says they can't get along. One is getting traded to SmackDown Live. Okay, let me start this off. A, why does Bailey give a shit? Two, why do they have to get along? This, the... Kurt Angle's obsession with these two being best friends is weird. Yeah. Like, I don't understand it. And maybe it would be one thing if you had, like you should have, a women's tag division, and these two have are three-time former tag champs, and we need them because they anchor the women's tag division, and without them, the division's kind of sunk. That makes sense. But this, I don't, I don't understand why they have to be best friends. Like, they, they... They don't have, like, they, I don't understand. Like, they've been in, in multi-man matches against, each, multi-woman matches, against each other many, many times on opposite sides of it. I, I don't understand why they have to be best friends now. Why are, why do they have to be best friends? And only them. Everybody else, tag teams break up all the time. You don't make them go to counseling. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, and then, like, the idea of, well, we'll trade one of you to SmackDown. Oh no, not that," says Bailey with her body language. Like she does, maybe she doesn't want to go to SmackDown, which maybe that makes sense. But yeah, I, I, I don't understand why it's like well, let's let's split them up then. But here's the if this is leaving leading to a SummerSlam loser leaves Raw match, okay, fine, but get there already. And as we'll see later in the other segment, all they did was muddy the waters. Yeah. Colin Graves talk over coach so he can't give us a word of the hour. This is one of the highlights of WWE Raw this week. Coach was trying real hard to get his word of the hour out, and Michael Cole was like, piss off, mate. I loved it. It was outstanding. Uh, Mike Killam of ProWrestling.com had a really good tweet, and he talked about how Coach acts like it's cool for him to not know things that apply to his job. Here's what he said. Uh, Michael Killam said, I love how Jonathan Coachman simultaneously trashes his broadcast colleagues while literally announcing his own ignorance because he thinks it somehow makes him superior to not know things about the performers he's supposed to be covering. Basically covers it. And this guy, Jonathan Coachman, had the balls to say publicly that he thinks that he helping out with WWE for a weekly segment for like two minutes on ESPN Mm -hmm. got them on Fox. Uh Okay, well, I just want to 
Get the fuck out of here! Yeah. No. Nope. Fuck out of here with that. Nope. Come on. Come on. Mm-hmm. If he's still around by the time SmackDown ends up on Fox, I would be shocked because... Yeah, you don't need him anymore. You don't need him. No. You don't need him. And I hate... I'm, I'm not calling for anybody to lose their job. You know what? He can run whatever golf shit they do on Sundays uh, for charity. Have him do that. He is not good in this role. He's not good in this role. No. Alicia Fox falls on top of Bailey trying to boot her. That was neat. Mm. Dana Brooke... Why am I struggling with her name tonight? Dana Brooke creams Bailey with a clothesline. I love this Sasha Dana spot where Dana is on the apron behind Sasha and (laughs) Sasha grabs her hair and slings her forward and Dana took an outstanding bump and screams. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Howled. I don't know if you've seen the Tyler Breeze, Xavier Woods, uh, Up, Up, Down, Down videos. No. But (laughs) Xavier Woods. Bust out the old Ric Flair cell, and it reminded me of that. Of how Ric Flair would have his face in his hair, and he'd go, Oh, God! Oh, God! That's what Dana Brooke reminded me of. She was like, Oh, God! It was outstanding. Yeah. Outstanding. Sasha body presses Alicia Fox and Dana off the apron. The match is thrown out. The match is what it was. A couple cool spots. That's really it. Mm-hmm. Backstage, Bailey stops Sasha in the locker room, and Sasha says, Nobody is beating up Bailey but her. Says that she loves Bailey. She cares about Bailey. Loves that Bailey loves everyone, but uh, that she has always loved Bailey. And immediately, you know what? You know what the Twitter sphere said? Oh my God, they're doing a lesbian angle. Well, listen, uh, do I trust. WWE, if this is what they're doing to do it well, absolutely not. Do I trust them to be, um, you know, to actually treat it with respect? No. Um, Do I think it might wind up being some kind of single white female bullshit? Yeah. They have talked, at least we have heard in the past, that Stephanie wants to do an LGBTQ type of storyline at some point. Um. I certainly did not expect it to be with these two women. It, it you, you all have, uh, you have Sonya Deville's on the roster. I know, I know. That's Sonya the thing. Deville like, is on the roster. I, I, I know. Um, and, and she's and, good. And she's good. real good. She's really good. Um, and there's a lot of things you could do with it. Um, so that might not be it. I mean, I hope it's not. Considering, I think WWE will screw this up entirely if that's what they're trying to do. But um, if it's done with respect and it's done well, it could be a really important thing. But with Sonya Deville on the roster, I feel like you could figure out a way of doing it 
with her and making it mean something as opposed to being a storyline thing with actors portraying it. It could be a real deal. Um, so um, I don't want to crap all over this immediately before I see them screw it up, but I know they're going to screw it up and it kind of makes me, I can see where this might go in three weeks and make it, and I, I, it would just make me so, so mad. And I don't, WWE I don't had a ready made fire story yeah. with Bailey and Sasha. Oh, yeah. They screwed I, that up entirely. I am Which impressed is, with the way, how, how creative that they get in fucking things up. Yeah. And I hate being like this. I hate being like this. But son of a bitch, man, you have so many hot storylines. Yeah. You know what? If it pops me and it pops the people in our chat and it gets you excited and it gets people on Twitter excited, that will reflect. You yeah. can say all the horse shit with casual fans. Yep. You know you know why people like, you know, people who follow wrestling religiously like things? Because it's good. Usually because it's good. Mm-hmm. And if it's good, it will be reflected by the broader audience generally. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. This is the, I thought they, I thought Sasha's delivery here was awesome. Some of the best I've ever heard from her. Totally honest and real, which is interesting because usually she feels kind of overproduced. This felt real, which is which is why I'm I'm interested to see where it goes from here. But I will say this they screwed up. The story that they had coming out of Elimination Chamber so badly that they've gotten to this point where this might be them punting on that original story and starting something else brand new out of whole cloth. But if you think about their relationship over the years and the motivations behind it, this almost makes sense. And yet, I do not trust them to tell this story with any kind of nuance whatsoever. So we'll see. I want to thank those of you who watched the Holy Smokes MMA podcast last week. That is our flagship MMA show with myself and Showdown Joe, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern. Our most watched episode of all time of that that very show. Thank you all so much. It means a lot. I have a UFC Boise, Bellator Rome, and Bellator 202 post show that I, I did. Also this weekend, UFC Hamburg. And I'm doing an Impact Slammiversary post show as well. Um I don't know if Melissa's going to cover that or not, but we're. Tr- I'm trying to talk Jimmy into sending her as a complete casual because Impact has said that they would accommodate us, which is pretty awesome, hmm. honestly. B-Team defeated the Ascension, the freaking Ascension. I will say this, Victor has some nice offense. There are times like this when you get to see offense from these guys that you don't usually get to see. Nice running European uppercut in the corner. Nice flying knee from the second rope. Uh, thank you, Andrew Stark, and thank you, Trey XXXX, for their donations. They get a win with a backdrop neck breaker, they being B-team, not the donation people. <laughs> Could the backdrop neck breaker scream, hey, this is your template creative wrestler move anymore? Yep. Yeah, that is no. exactly, that's exactly that, what it is. That was a double-team move out of a tag that the Dudley boys used to do like You're right. 60% of the way through their matches. You're Every right. Dudley boys tag match included that move. And it was a transitional move. 
And but but when but when but when the B team does it, it finishes fools immediately. Um, there's other things you these guys could figure out how to do. I mean, all you got he was kind of fun, kind of fun. Actually, it's problem. The problematic thing is that Bo's finisher off the ropes is really cool. But I was thinking, oh, you could kind of like do that, but put the guy's feet on Axel's shoulders, and I realized, oh, that's just a magic killer. So can't do that. It's your double team move. So uh, they'll figure something else out. Um, but hey, the mandatory rematch clause rears its ugly head again. Yeah, as Fightful.com reported just before the show, Wyatt and Hardy get their rematch next week. So uh, this was a pre-tape. Bray was not there. He was handling some personal stuff. And they, I think they taped this last night. So what I was told is B-Team wasn't supposed to win the titles. Like, I mean, not like it was a mid-match change, but the original plans weren't this. And things happened with Bray. He couldn't be at Raw tonight. They, that did not make WWE happy. I'll have more about it in the Fight for Wrestling Weekly on Friday. But also, he's not taken a bump since his return. And that's three house show matches, a TV match, and a TV appearance. Yeah. I mean, obviously, this is the kind of thing where if you if he wasn't in the title picture of a major title on a brand, um, then he probably wouldn't be having matches. You know, because, I mean, he shouldn't be taking bumps if he had head trauma bad enough to have blacked out and, and not remember anything. Shouldn't be taking bumps. want to send a quick shout-out to John Baez, who is in our chat. He is a sponsor-level tier member at Fightful Select. Dot com that gives him the ability to uh, appear on a show with me, select a topic for a column, uh, select a topic for an alternate commentary or retro review. He gets to do all that and gets uh, you know a shout-out on the broadcast, as does Alex Anderson, who never watches live. But you can see Alex Anderson, who appeared on a, a members-only show with me uh, last month. He will be on another one very soon, but going to film the newest members-only show, hopefully within the next week or so. I believe Derek Montia is going to be on the program with me, so watch out for that. Alexa Bliss comes out, gloats about her win, says that Rousey should be suspended indefinitely. Rousey comes out through the crowd with surprisingly little security. I didn't see security anywhere. Nope, none. And the crowd just parted. Oh, yeah. Which, I mean, if you touch Rousey... No. Don't do it. Bad idea. Don't Don't do that. Rousey goes after Mickey James, but Alexa saves her. But then Rousey jumps the pile and lands on Alexa. I fear that Rousey will get hurt. Yeah. Running. Every time I see her sprint towards the ring, I think of Vince McMahon just slamming his legs and quads on the apron. Oh, yeah. oh. oh man. So Rhonda hits a beautiful hip throw on Alexa. Mm-hmm. And as she's about to apply the armbar, Angle rushes the ring and tells Rousey to go home and wait out her suspension. Constable Corbin wants Rousey reprimanded, reprimanded, and Angle adds a week. <laughs> Baron goes. To, I'm gonna call Steph. <laughs> Baron goes to call Stephanie, and he's like, I, "I, I lost my phone." And then Kurt's like, "Is he looking for this?" He stole the man's phone. He did. He he knew that he was this was going to happen, so he pre-planned ahead. 
But what I what I thought was a great touch and a perfect fit for Corbin's character is he goes, oh, I lost my phone. And he yells for no reason at Mickey James, Where's my phone? And she freaked like she, she knew. Goes, <laughs> ah, ah, ah. That was great. He's uh, phenomenal. Yeah, he's she cool. really is. Woo. So Kurt extends the suspension for a week. So this suspension was so pointless. Yeah. So pointless. Rousey versus Bliss at SummerSlam. And you know, well, if Brock wasn't on the show, it's a good headline. Yeah, but, oh, yeah, yeah. but, but Brock, I don't know yeah. if it is. Yeah, no. Uh, Rousey, like, <laughs> Rousey's a headliner at this point. Like, she, she's she's had one match, uh, was a tag match. Uh, then she was gi- gifted a, a championship match, which she technically did not win. Uh, and now she's being gifted another championship match. Because that woman is dynamite. She's she's dynamite. Um, I I don't I don't know how else to explain it. And here's the thing: her new movie, where she co-stars opposite Mark Wahlberg, opens the Friday before SummerSlam. And Lauren Cohen be, too. Yeah, and they'll be pushing that thing hard. There there was a while they didn't think that was going to get made. Like all of Rousey's acting gigs were getting pushed off, and and that was around the time of her first loss. So a lot of people thought that was related to her, but this is going to be a pretty, I would imagine this to be a pretty big movie. It's got Mark Wahlberg, John Malkovich, Lauren Cohan, as I mentioned. So uh, it's it's good to see. I mean, man, I've seen Ronda Rousey and her career ups and downs and the way that she's reacted to it. And it's nice to see her happy and doing something that makes her happy and puts her in this space again. Because even when she was successful in MMA and she was the darling of so many, you could tell that there, there was a lot of pressure on her. Uh, just yeah. so much pressure on her. And this comes from a woman who competed in the Olympics. And she still had all this pressure on her. But um, it's good to see that uh, she gets to move on from Entourage. Boy, that film was a fart. A real fart. Uh-huh. Authors of Pain defeated Titus Worldwide. This was the type of match that they need, even though they looked lost here and there. I like Titus Worldwide selfie promo. That was fine, but this was a squash. Full Nelson slam, ring post spot. They're a great ass-kicking team. They didn't get a reaction, but this is how you start to get them reactions. You've got a lot of disposable teams on this roster. Oh, yeah. Uh, including two of which that competed earlier. The B team can be one of them. Mm-hmm. The last chapter... Name me a move that would fit better than the last chapter because I'm going to keep bringing this up till they get a new one. Super Collider doesn't work. They almost killed the guy with it. <laughs> that, that was scary. Yeah. Um, th- there's there's a lot of them. I mean, like they they, they do they do other moves in their bigger matches in NXT yeah. earlier in the matches that are better than this. Like they do one like it's a like a, a backbreaker knee drop. Like that's, a, that's that do that even, even the side slam stomp I thought yeah. was better. Uh, yeah, I like that one looks good too. The Rapongi three K move that is essentially a cutter off of the the Dominator. Yeah, where one guy's up there and the other guy runs over and it's like a seesaw where he flips over. Mm-hmm. That's an awesome one. Come on, guys! Uh, a Russian leg sweep clothesline. Mm. I mean, the clothesline has impact, but I feel like the, the Russian leg sweep cushions Take, the blow. It does. Yeah, that's how, so, that's how it looks because people can't bump like a madman off of it. Yeah. That's the thing. 
Sarah Logan with Liv Morgan defeated Ember Moon. The Riot Squad cut through the conga line. Man, they just get worse every week, don't they? Yep. They tear up shit. Now they're walking through the conga line. This is where the line is drawn, no pun intended. Yeah. Liv Morgan cheap shots Ember. There's a high crotch suplex, back suplex from Sarah Logan that I like. That's a nice addition to her. To her. She applies a Cobra clutch. Ember lands some good knees out of that quarter Nelson. Oh, boy, I love that. Those just look really good. Hits a running flatliner. Suicide dive. Ember gets knocked off the top rope, and Logan wins. Cole makes it a lot more about Logan's first win than Moon's first loss, and I think that's rough because Sarah Logan's been around since last year. Yeah, I would no. make it more like, holy shit, she just beat Ember Moon. That does yeah. not happen. Ember Moon's really good. Here's- as opposed to saying, oh, no. Yeah, here's... Moon got her first win. Here's here's why they, they did that. Because if you paid attention to the entire match commentary, she's no longer a redneck. Now she's a Viking. They made her a Viking because the redneck thing wasn't going over like gangbusters, so let's completely change her thing and now she's a Viking. And the thing is, the redneck thing got her called up because Bo- Road Dog saw the vignette and wanted her so much. Right. And she's not on Road Dog's show anymore. Yeah. So that doesn't have any effect. But that, but they, they said, this is what I loved so much, is that Corey Graves knows they're a- absolutely doing this because the redneck gimmick didn't work. So he's like, so did she learn about how she's a Viking while she was on her Uncle Tater's farm? Or did she like... Spent a lot of time on genealogy.com. What happened here? Um, yeah, no, this is this is utter crap, but it's fine. This will be the only time, hopefully, they spend time on this. But this gimmick change by like talk, they talked about how her dreadlocks represent snakes in her hair mm. because that's what Vikings used to do, and she's got war paint now. And she's her family is originally from the western coast of Ireland, which was settled by the Vikings, you know. It was like it was Michael Cole doing like some weird historical lesson, uh, and it was all in service of let's get as far away from gay meat as we possibly can. So we'll see. They just can't send people back to NXT. That would be too much. Not too easy to do that. Top contenders tournament. Bobby Lashley defeated Elias and Seth Rollins. Bobby Lashley backstage says, Brock's never fought anyone like me, which if I had my way would be something that the UFC absolutely banned in their Mm. promos because that's Mm. what everybody who doesn't want to make any money says. He's never fought anybody like me before. Yeah, okay. That's original. Then they borrowed it for WWE. My God. Rollins says he'll fight Reigns next week if he has to. This was... I, I, to be honest with you, I thought Ziggler and Rude was just as good of a match as this. And that is with me not caring about Ziggler and Rude. Not saying this is bad. It just wasn't great. I expected this to be great, especially off of that first one. Rollin, or, uh, Elias attacks Rollins before the match. Elias has his spinning power, power bomb countered twice by Rollins, but Elias kind of gets him back, tries to steal a pin after a frog splash on Lashley. The most impressive spot of the match was Rollins hitting a buckle bomb on Lashley. Every oh, time I see that, I'm like, "Oh, his knee!" This was that spot was fantastic because it was it was out of 
uh, um, a attempted superplex by Lashley on Elias on one corner. Rollins gets underneath, takes up Lashley, runs him all the way over to the opposite corner, buckle bomb, and then sprints up, jumps like a cat, gets him to the superplex into the Falcon Arrow, which should have been the one, two, three, because there's no way you can tell me that you don't kick out of other things, but you do kick out of superplex Falcon Arrow. That's one of those that's one of those transitional moves that needs to finish guys 45% of the time. The other times when he does kick out, then it becomes a major deal. But we know now that that moves doesn't that doesn't finish guys. So as as amazing as it looks, you go, okay, well that's that's a two count. And I hate that you you watch it and think that, but you have to because they they give him this amazing thing that he does that nobody else does. And it doesn't finish, guys. I wish I wish it did. Rollins goes suicide dive, suicide dive, sling blade, but then Lashley ends up spearing Elias for the win, and that's what we're getting next week in Cincinnati, where I will absolutely not be. Yeah. I can't wait to not go to that show. Yeah. Boy, I just want to say, could you imagine if I did? Could you imagine if I did and I covered that show? Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, mm. We know what's coming. Well, we got the feeling what's coming. Well, here's the thing. Um, now there's there's stuff they can do here. They could have they could have Bobby win, and it could be a, a thing that, that that Bobby Lashley is Roman Reigns' Achilles heel. That's that's a thing they could do, and you could have Bobby versus Brock for the first time ever. Because instead of Roman versus Reigns for the sixth, seventh, eighth time, I don't know how many times. Um, or you could have this. You could have Roman win because they're probably going to do that. And then after that, during the doo-doo as he's holding up his hands, you hear bronze music. And he comes out. He's holding a briefcase. He says, at SummerSlam, I'm joining that match. And you make it a triple threat. There's a lot of different things you could do. A lot of different things. Are they going to do any of those things? I do not think they will. I think they're just going to do Brock versus Roman. And if they have Roman beat Brock at SummerSlam, while I will hate it in the moment, it will be good for the future of the business and the brand because it will get the the belt on somebody other than Brock Lesnar who never shows up. I mean, that's just the way it works. Because uh, he's going to be too close to to, to uh, he's going to be in training in, no, in November, yeah, for for the UFC thing possibly. Yeah, he should be. Yeah, he damn so, well so, should be. So he shouldn't be having a match at summer at Survivor Series, which means if he has this, if he wins this match in August, he's probably keeping that belt all the way to the Royal Rumble, at least beyond that, because he's not going to have a, a match at the Royal Rumble like in the same month that he probably will have this match with, with Cormier. So, like, get get it off of him. Do do whatever you have to do to get off of him. I prefer it was done in a way that wasn't. By God, we're going to get over Roman Reigns if it kills us and you. If it's not that version, I prefer it. But if it is that version, so be it. As long as we can move beyond the Brock Lesnar era, for now, at least. WWE is. <laughs> telling outlets that they did not film the Hogan speech. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. He had cameras following him. They are, uh, quite frankly, not being honest about 
a lot of what's going on there. Well, no, because it because if you brought him in to film some apology to locker room for a big documentary, it looks like like disingenuous bullshit, which of course it is. Mm-hmm. So you don't want it to look like that. You want it to look like it's a real sincere thing. Wasn't there some YouTube video uploaded earlier with a charity where Hogan was talking about it? And it got taken and they, down. Then they took it down because they realized what a bad look that was. They disabled yeah. the comments and they took it down. Yeah, that's... No, no. It's a bad look. They never should have brought him back. WWE just announced that September 1, head to head with All In. Yeah. In Shanghai, China. I mean... If they're going to broadcast it on the network, it is head-to-head with All In. But otherwise, it's head-to-head with All In for people who might watch All In from Shanghai, China. Let me check out the uh, time difference here. It is 12.02 p.m. in China right now, so 12-hour difference. That would be... uh, Yeah. Yeah, that would be 10 p.m., Eastern time. Yeah. Hmm. Possibly. I think it might be. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Oh, no, probably no, no. Not, that's, never not. mind. Tickets are available 10 a.m. local time. Whew, I thought they said that show was going to start 10 a.m. <laughs> I was like, this is getting a little too hairy for me. A little too coincidental. That would be funny. I mean, they, they brought back Hogan the week after uh, another company announced that they were going to run MSG. Coincidence? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. And I was on uh, SB Nation radio tonight talking about the Hogan thing. And WWE would very much like you all to think that there's no deal done. But every wrestler I talked to said they're not bringing him in unless unless he's there. Because they don't want any potential game changers. Keep in mind, they said potential game changers Mm -hmm. under anybody else's umbrella. They don't want people doing cool things outside of there. Somebody said... Yeah, but I don't think they'll care that much about their content. That's the thing. WWE does not care that much about their content. They care about other people's content. Yeah. Hey, including ours sometimes by the looks of it. Mm-hmm. Alex, what do you have going on this week? Well, I, I don't know. I might have to do a deep dive into whether Uncle Tater was a Viking. I Damn mean, it, man. Because... This is this is crazy. I, I feel like I've been lied to. Did yeah. she learn? Did she learn about tater farming, or is she a Viking? Is she both? I don't know. I just don't. I just, I just don't know, Sean. Oh, we have a few minutes. Yep. What do you think of your boy? Your boy, Jabari Parker, heading to the Bulls. Well, I'm I'm happy for him. He gets paid, which he wasn't going to get here because. You know, uh, they don't have the, the cap space really to do what what they wanted, what he wanted, and you know what he thinks he deserves as a number two pick. He does deserve. However, there's a reason, um, because he's he hasn't been healthy, man. And yeah. when he has been healthy, they've had a losing record. While he's playing for them. They have a losing record, so I don't I don't know if that's on him, but it might be that he just doesn't fit well with the scheme they were using. Now they got a new guy, Coach Bud Budenholzer from the from the Hawks, who's bringing a whole new scheme. 
Um, so he might have fit well in that, but he wasn't fitting well in that one. And it might be that he doesn't just doesn't mesh well with Giannis. And you got to ride Giannis as far as he's going to take you. You can't, you know, compromise that. So I'm happy because he's a Chicago boy. He's going home, and that's cool. Um, I just hope it doesn't come back to bite us in the playoffs at some point. Yeah, as, as a Bulls fan, pump for that five seed, six seed maybe. You got Dunn, Levine, Parker, Laurie, and then a Wendell Carter, Lopez platoon there. I really thought they were just going to hold out and maybe save a bunch of money for next free agency. Not the case. They went, they went real young. And I mean real young. Their entire core is like 23 and under. And I'm sure with the hope that all of them pan out and all of them succeed and all of them get extended. Yeah. Well, when somebody says, how many pay-per-view buys will Brock Lesnar and DC get? Over a million. Over a million. And that's why. Because WWE or UFC hasn't been able to crack 400,000 this year, I don't think. So for them, a million? Pretty nice. Guys, follow me on Twitter, at Sean Rossett. Check out FightfulSelect.com, but... I know I pushed this subscription service on you a lot, FightfulWrestling.com. We are quickly becoming one of your leaders in breaking news, exclusive news. There's like four of us breaking news out here in this in this line of work. So show us some love, damn it. Tell the people about us. Leave us a thumbs up. Subscribe. If you leave us a nice five-star iTunes review, I will thank you. I will thank you. It helps. We're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.